Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are excitedly back for the second season of Good Omens. I have been patiently, eagerly awaiting my favorite angel and demon to grace my screens once again. I wanted to binge the entire six episodes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pace myself. I don't know how well I'm gonna pace myself, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to do it all in one night. You know, try to try to get a workout in instead <laughs> of another hour of a Zarafel. Look for five seconds. I forgot his name. And Crowley. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those good places, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, and if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. Our first episode, The Arrival, was written by Neil Gaiman and John Fenmore, directed by Douglas McKinnon. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I like our new characters. I like seeing Nina Sansea. I believe that's how you say her last name. Back again. Her and David Tennant have worked together in the past. And I hear they're good friends. So it's nice that they continue to have a working uh, relationship. I love this episode. I gave it a 9.7 out of 10. It was funny. The dance alone. (laughs) The apology dance would have sailed me right into episode two just fine. But everything else is intriguing. We begin, of course, before the beginning. Because that's a good place to start. Crowley is an angel who brings about the birth of the universe, meeting Azaraphale in the process by chance, needing some assistance because he's going to bring about or has been working on bringing about the universe closely with the people upstairs, even though it's not as close as he thinks, because once the universe comes into fruition, it's Azaraphale that has to tell him what the plans are for a creation he takes a lot of pride in because he says look at you you're gorgeous he being a Zarephel was internally devastated when he realized that Crowley wasn't talking to him hello darkness my old friend I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping he also introduced himself and Crowley didn't do the didn't return the favor. <laughs> but he, to be fair, has been working pretty pretty extremely hard at this particular task, thinking that it's going to be something that is gonna exist for a very long time. But instead is told that upstairs intends to annex it in 6,000 years. Turns out management only cares about the earth they are designing people for to inhabit with the universe akin to tapestry. John by the artist, which is the almighty, to which Crowley replies. That just makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. 
Fuck. Oh my, 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 my. He can't imagine why they would allow the rest of this universe just to go to waste focused on one species situated in a position in the galaxy where they can't even truly appreciate the awe of what is truly out there which is accurate unless you go to the alien people and then they just feel nuts <laughs> they don't feel as if they're a hundred percent sane Carly thinks someone should be checking the Almighty on his decisions. Maybe suggest this isn't the best of ideas. And Zarephel's like, uh, this is crazy talk. It's not our job to question him. But Carly's like, oh, I can, I, you know, it's nothing wrong with dropping a suggestion in the suggestion box. It is, it is, uh, critical to have fresh perspective even to the almighty himself because no one should be above being not judged but to a higher standard this worries Azarafel who knows this kind of talk is grounds for trouble while naively Crowley thinks it's no bother as how much trouble can one get into for asking just a few questions he's too dangerous to be left alive that's always one of the conundrums that made me agnostic is because religion is not meant to be questioned the the words of thy lord in those pages made by men are not to be inquired about which is odd because why would i be created as a inquiring inquiring intellectual being if i wasn't meant to be skeptical (laughs) i mean you know we know in reality that unchecked gods of empire can cause more harm on the planetary surface of things so can you imagine an all-powerful one Present day, Azarafel receives a note from Maggie, a neighboring record shop owner who is behind on her rent because ain't nobody going in there and buying records. I'm with, what was her name? Nina. With that. Like, girl. Ain't nobody got no record player and you would have to find one. My dad has records and he has a record player, but he's pushing 80. So it makes sense. It makes sense. But you thinking you going I I don't know. I thought maybe in London there'd be more of a market for it than the US of A. Unless you're somewhere in I don't want to be racist. <laughs> I don't want to do a racism, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> uh She's reluctant to accept his generosity to forgive her debt in exchange for a record that costs so little, but Zarafel really wants records and she can find the ones that he really wants. So he doesn't consider it generosity. He considers it being selfish because he's being rewarded in the process of helping her. It's a good way to, to uh, philosophize that. 
in the park crowley is approached by a spy who has come to the wrong bench before said spy is chastised for feeding the ducks bread instead of frozen peas which apparently is good for them okay new character Shaq shows up she is the demon ambassador in london now who finds it rather easy (laughs) creating turmoil suffering and misery for humans since everything she thinks up of humans mastermind on a worse scale themselves and as long as the job appears to be getting done hell doesn't care it's nice to see that curly has others that are like-minded that are tasked with the job being like oh this is not (laughs) this is not a lot of work because humans truly are the worst there could be no one worse than humans you should hear the shit we've done okay and you can try to disengage and disconnect from it being like oh well i didn't personally do it yeah i know i'm not a psychopath but the idea that people can go that far and we have gone that far and continue to go that go further like no 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 we got we got to own that shit because something went wrong something went real wrong and, it, and ain't nobody else did it but us Some, somewhere somewhere in places in society uh crime is on the rise <laughs> so uh we we gotta look inward we got to look inward but instead we continue to uh to do some of the worst types of things Crowley is in a depressive mood because he wonders what is the point of all of it feeling cynical and like myself fully disillusioned with the grand scheme of it all before being told something is going on upstairs and if he hears anything he should share it with her and if she hears anything she's gonna share it with him and if his friend in the bookshop hears anything oh heaven doesn't talk to him anymore well then still get back to me before disappearing maggie goes to get coffee from nina's shop before both ladies and most of everyone in the vicinity is distracted by gabriel walking down the street naked with a box conveniently positioned where we all really want to get a pic of oh no i hope i don't fall Azarafel really was looking forward to those 21 minutes apiece, but he does answer the door and is shocked at the hug and the man on his doorstep who not only doesn't know where he is, but who he is or how he even got there. He's like, you gonna invite me in? No. So he just stands on his doorstep and he's like, well, I guess I ain't got no choice since there's a crowd and they're not gonna go away unless I do invite you in. And that is how gabriel ends up at the bookshop up in heaven archangel michael talks to hell not blaming them or saying anyone was complicit but that if anyone in hell is involved in the disappearance of gabriel there will be sanctions such as the book of life which is enough to put fear in Beelzebub. Of course, I didn't know what that was, and I'm glad they told us in the same episode. We go back to the bookshelf where 
Gabriel has been given a blanket. That cracked me up. Sometimes things just happen. I was cold and now I have a blanket and that angel mug with the wings. I need that ASAP. I know someone that looks like you. That's probably me then. I think that's one of the main ways you can tell. (laughs) He was really trying to get out of I know you. He tried to use all types of uh, wordplay, which is not quite a lie. (laughs) You know what it's like when you don't know anything at all, but you're totally certain that everything would be better if you were just near one particular person. Aziraphale ran halfway across the room to avoid touching that truth. Gabriel knew something terrible was going to happen to him, so subconsciously knew to come to Aziraphale because he would be safe here and to give him something to avoid his awful fate before recalling the box outside, which Aziraphale grabs. On his way to his car, Crowley is ambushed. <laughs> He's, he receives a phone call and he says, Demon Earth stuff, either call on the phone and talk or appear mysteriously. Don't do both. Why not? Trust me just don't Shaq shows up to dish out that Gabriel is the person that is in trouble to Crowley's delight back at the shop the box appears to be empty and he asks Gabriel well what was in the box what were you supposed to give to me and he says you're funny I love you Gabriel is a tough nut to crack but I did hear a fly sound and I feel like that is relevant we heard it a few times completely freaking out by this point Azarafel calls his boothing saying hello it's me don't say anything are you there should I say something now <laughs> no meet me at a coffee shop <laughs> in heaven matches are found with Job 4119 out of his mouth go burning lamps and sparks of fire leap out i'm not quite sure what that means but it is an earthly thing found in heaven which is a clue to where gabriel must have gone which he inadvertently left behind crowley shows up at nina's coffee shop to meet azarafel going 110 miles an hour on the way knowing something is wrong by his tone because the only reason he calls is because he's bored he wants to say something clever before he pops or he's got the something is wrong tone (laughs) they're so married nina comes over to get their orders six espresso shots and asks about his naked friend crowley's like what you know the rules and so do i and could only reply he's not naked anymore and needs something to calm him down so he goes for some cakes nina asks are you a bookseller too to crowley and he said not even at gunpoint they are playing an instrument they were playing in this scene an instrumental version of bohemian raspity in the background and i was very distracted by it earlier they were playing um you don't own me whichever version you want to <laughs> i do kind of like the newer version i don't know who sings it but the the little rap version pretty nice 
Crowley takes the lead and they go to his bookshop with Maggie once again thanking him for his generosity, something he claims is purely selfish. Maggie goes back to see Nina bringing her a Nina Simone record because she just wanted to be nice like that. Girl, that's a way to uh, to offer an invitation because Nina knows her as the skinny latte. And Maggie really likes her. And I have a feeling this is going to be a juxtaposition with Crowley and Azarafel because you can see when Azarafel first met Crowley, it was like glow at first sight. <laughs> but Nina is a little standoffish. She's kind of surprised by the gift, and instead of being like, oh, that's kind, she's like, I don't have shit to play this on. <laughs> then she says, oh, I'll just get you your skinny latte to get over the awkwardness, but she just wants some tea. And then she admits that she has a partner at home to Maggie's disappointment. It's true that one could stay up all night because she says i you know when you used to party she nina's the bad one or the bad girl quote unquote and maggie's the innocent little oh i never went to parties like that that's me but i don't know if i would say i was innocent <laughs> i just didn't do the party scene like, yeah i was out doing other stuff <laughs> well she keep that on the low low but I do be in bed like at around 10. I mean, I could stay up late if I'm just watching TV or like balls deep into some documentary or crime drama. But uh, that's rare. It's that's just getting less and less rare. <laughs> Crowley freaks when he meets Jim and asks if Angel was firm when he interrogated him. Did you ask? Yes. Did you really ask? I love that his form of firmness isn't even close to being intimidating. <laughs> and Gabriel responds with, I am dusting. They discuss privately their situation with Crowley wanting to drop him off in Dartmouth or I can't say it, Dartmouth. Is that how you guys say that word? Never mind that he's in trouble and may need their help. Now for their beats. I think that Crowley has some justifiable anger here. This man not only wanted to condemn me, but wanted to condemn you to burn for all eternity in hell, try to destroy you, and you're ever so kindly turning the other cheek and forgiving him. I think he he deserves that little bit of grudge he's got <laughs> nursing. While Azarafel does say you're at liberty to go, he really does want his help to figure out the situation. Curly's like, look, there's things I'm willing to do for you and this is just not one of them. So you're on your own because we don't need to be anywhere near him when the shit hits the fan. When Curly gets outside, his temper hits the fan because breathing doesn't work, counting to 10 certainly 
doesn't work and he begins steaming with anger before before causing lightning to strike knocking out the power in the vicinity locking nina and maggie in her shop together with no way to call out in heaven i was shocked there was an archangel named uriel i knew that this actress was in the first season I knew that her name was Uriel. I just didn't realize she was an archangel. And I'm like, oh, there was an archangel named Uriel. I still didn't even Google it because I'm just going to take your word for it. (laughs) But they are both jockeying for the position that has uh, been left in the void of Gabriel no longer being in said position. Michael says i'm the one that's on duty so i should be the one in charge muriel approaches with her find and they conclude that gabriel must have gone to earth lord beezlebub ambushes crowley in his car taking him to hell with an offer amid a lot of flies which would have bothered the shit out of me if you find gabriel bring him to me and i will accept you back in the fold and even promote you making you a duke of hell because anyone involved with helping gabriel will be erased from the book of life as if they never existed and this catches crowley's attention because that means his boo-boo bear is in danger in nina's coffee shop i am as I was stating previously, noticing the pattern. She's very Maggie, goody two-shoes, doesn't drink, seems altogether wholesome, whereas Nina's a little bit crabby, dismissing her concerns about her shop because who the fuck wants to steal records? And girl, you know there ain't no money in that too. <laughs> but upon realizing that she hurt her feelings she tries to be nice by offering her the alcohol to calm down and she says i'm not judging you she's like good because you know i kind of feel judged by my for my choices enough with my partner and she was a little deflated earlier that she heard about her partner but she does want to talk to her and thinks this is a perfect opportunity for them to do so even though Lindsay, her partner, Nina, seems a little bit controlling if she needs to know. I mean, I understand telling someone you're going to be late, but I would not be sending that many messages. Nina wonders why records, why would she choose that business? But Maggie explains it's a sentimental thing as her great grandfather sold them in the 1920s. And she's carrying on the tradition, the legacy, and that they used to have a little booth in the bookshop crowley returns and upon seeing them locked in because they put up their signs one lady didn't even look she just and people are like that too like they're like "Uh uh-uh i cannot be this i can't be disturbed to even consider helping you that is how people truly are nowadays and that is rather fucked up i think that's the story i was talking about the airport where this lady was standing with her daughter and she had a, a small toddler in her hands and it, it, she couldn't carry the other suitcase it was too much of, of a burden for the seven-year-old she had with her 
And, you know, she's reaching out like three or four people passed her right on by and she's asking, you know, for help. You can tell she's seeking someone to help her. And I just stopped and we went all the way up until, um, up into, uh, where you check the passports. But yeah, it's just like, wow, have we just forgotten how to be kind to people? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all the way there, you know? But I'm sure if she was, you know, part of their quote-unquote tribe, they would have. Crowley is ignored when he comes back into the bookshop before he rings the bell and announces that he's back. Zarephel's like, I can clearly see you standing there. And he's like, so I was wrong and are we done at that? Zarephel's like, no, I want a proper apology with the dance. I don't want to do the dance. I have done the dance several times over the centuries. I want the dance. And once we can see the dance, I can see why he requested it because it was adorable. He says, I want to help. We need to hide him. Not for Gabriel's sake, though, but for his boo-boo bear. He chooses for them to both perform half a miracle to shield Gabriel from either side being able to see him thinking no one will notice however heaven quickly has an alarm set off which points directly to Azarafel's bookshop and now he's caught out there oh shit here we go again I wonder how heaven's gonna approach the situation because they don't know that Gabriel's there but they clearly know that Azarafel is involved they're not talking to him and he even said they'll notice even if i do the smallest of miracles and he was right about that they thought the half a miracle thing would work and i like that they showed uh crowley getting on the chair and verifying for the audience like you can't see it but it's there and did you check crowley's anger at it even being considered a friend of gabriel so does their feud go a little back further? Because seeing, seeing uh, him as an angel was not a place I thought we would go back and explore at all. But it is very, very intriguing. Because he essentially starts off with, hey, we have this whole entire universe. Why in the world, why would we destroy it? And then why would we destroy this tiny part of it in this otherwise infinite universe? It's it's basically pointing out logic when it comes to even the revelations side of the Bible. Like part of these things don't make don't add up or make sense or if that was indeed the plan then the plan itself may be a little flawed and then you put this idea out there that the almighty himself might be flawed and i think that they might start to uh explore that idea this season mayhap because that is something that always stuck with me listening to George Carlin particularly about religion is that you know if I have to grade this God then I gotta say man either he, he don't give a fuck or 
he's doing a pretty shitty job. And so I think testing those uh, testing those ideas in a realism type of fashion and not even being, I don't think, uh, aggressive in the tactic. These are just simple things like, why can't I ask questions? Why is that a crime? Why should that be a crime? And then putting it in a character like Crowley and then emphasizing the true despicableness of the thing in which it was created that's supposed to be this creation of the almighty well something something went up in the design of some that you put out there and then why did you put them out there like that bro <laughs> and all of it can't be blamed on some uh some other per yeah okay don't i'm not going down that rabbit hole because it'll be too too long but uh yeah i can't wait to get into the rest of this season i know it's gonna be fun i'm already sad i have five episodes left and i'm probably gonna watch another one before the end of this weekend if not two or three so once again if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com or leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like share subscribe and until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic Every day I'm, every day I'm, every day I'm hustling. Whip it real hard, whip it.